and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, well, we have a lot of news to cover. I think we're going to find ourselves with a new speaker, unfortunately. Uh, there's this guy, Emmers, that is just, sounds horrible, this guy, Emmers. Um, so I'll actually let this lady, um, Carolyn Wren, senior advisor to Kerry Lake, tells Steve Bannon that a vote for GOP majority whip Tom Emmer as Speaker of the House is a vote for special counsel Jack Smith's investigation of President Trump, who had one heck of a speech up in New Hampshire and signed some certification that says he's a presidential candidate on the ballot in New Hampshire and really let Joe Biden and the Biden crime family have it. So we're going to we're going to go ahead and get into all of that. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about, you know, the crisis around the world and uh, and some other things um, that are just important to mention. Uh, we have some really great audio clips from Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the governor uh, and former Trump Trump uh, press secretary and current governor of the state of Arkansas. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, play this clip. I'm going to go ahead and play uh, this audio clip that talks about this speakership, and we'll talk about it. It is outrageous that they're putting up Tom Emmer. Tom Emmer is awful. A vote for Tom Emmer is a vote for Jack Smith's investigation, to be very clear. Wow. behind every wow. He's been the whip. Behind every single bad deal in Congress over the last two, year, two years that Kevin McCarthy negotiated was Tom Emmer whipping for it. Whether, whether or not it was raising the debt ceiling, funding Ukraine, not funding our border, or working across with the Democrats, Tom Emmer was behind it. This should not be a shock to us. This is the same Tom Emmer who was the NRCC chair in 2022, constantly told us there was going to be this massive big red wave that turned into barely a red ripple. Only reason we even got a majority was because some people were smart in New York who were able to do some redistricting or else we wouldn't have won the majority under Tom Emmer. It's because he spent tens of millions of dollars primarying America First Trump candidates and money that was not then raised or spent in the general election to actually elect Republicans. This man has fought President Trump and the America First agenda every single step of the way of his career. He's worked for Soros-backed entities before and we cannot whoa, allow whoa, it to whoa, happen. Whoa, 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 whoa. How's a guy that's the whip 
in the Republican House have worked for source-backed entities. Because he's is controlled this fake opposition. News or is this real? This is all real. Okay. And we're going to be having a lot of that coming out in the coming days. You're going to hear a lot about Tom Ember, and we have a lot of different information to talk about. But the most important for me, and where I really got set off, is I have talked to multiple donors who have had meetings with Tom Ember in the last year. Tom Ember's job is to help raise money for the conference. And one donor particularly sat with Tom Ember, and this is why I love her. It was in Chicago, and she said, you meet me at the Trump Hotel. So Tom Ember comes over to the Trump Hotel and meets with her, and she says, uh, he asked her for $50,000 to help elect Republicans. And she said, point blank, have you endorsed Donald Trump? And he said, no, and I won't. And she said, well, you know, I, if you endorse Donald Trump, I'd maybe be willing to give you this money, but is it going to go to help Trump candidates? And he said, absolutely not. Trump candidates lose. Not one penny of this is going to. And so she said, well, not one penny of mine's going to you then. This is not an isolated incident. He has been doing these meetings for the last year with any Republican donor that he meets with. And this is a guy that that shouldn't shock, shock you. I mean, he certified the fake election. He has been the wrong vote every single time. He is Nancy Pelosi in a suit. And everyone who watches the War Room Posse in the show needs to fight Tom Emmer every step of the way. Well, you know, uh, I think that Trump is the, getting the lion's share of the Republican P Party money. And I think people like Ronald McDaniel have been be, been relegated to the sidelines. Um, I don't, I don't know what Ronald McDaniel has been doing in the in, in in the lead up to the you know the debates or negotiating with Donald Trump in any way that's that makes any sense. The only Republican that I've heard recently that's made sense is Troy Nels from Texas, where he said he's going to vote for Speaker Trump. And, you know, the thing is, is that Donald's, uh, Byron Donald's, who I like a lot, um, he does the CR votes, you know, these packaged votes that you are know, not line item votes. And so you don't really get to know where politicians stand on any one given vote. Um, you know, in, in other news, uh, Lindsey Graham was over in Israel why is Lindsey Graham not in South Carolina? Why is he always in Latvia, Lithuania, in the uh, Middle East, uh, hanging out with ISIS leaders? Um, now he's in Israel. Um, but he was hobnobbing with Borinchenko on the eve of 2017, New Year's Eve, um, when Trump was president-elect Trump. And all of a sudden, he and John McCain and Amy Klobuchar, the the money bag, the bag woman, um, basically got together and put together uh, all this new military equipment that these these uh, soldiers were holding, these new weapons. And you got Kofor Black and Mitt Romney uh, meddling in their elections, mercenary groups on the board of ed energy companies. You got the Biden crime family involved with CEFC, China Energy Company, uh, Burisma, Ukraine Energy Company. And then, of course, ISIS, which was nothing but a mercenary group guarding the oil out of Iraq, sending it into Europe. And also there were other groups that were managing the oil distribution to the south into Africa in exchange for nickel, cobalt, lithium, um, gold mining, and that's how they would all pay for this stuff. 
They would have skids of cash from the murdered Gaddafi and pay off the mercenaries because that's what it is. It's a gun for hire. And that's what they're doing now. With the $6 billion that Biden gave to Iran that's fortified Hezbollah. Hezbollah has, you know, basically 150,000 man military. Uh, Israel has a 400,000 man military. Um, Hezbollah has 150,000. But guess what? Hamas has 40 to 50,000. And <clears throat> when you think about it, 200,000, you know, plus you still have ISIS in Syria and Iraq, and they're about 10,000. Now, they're not a fighting force, and they should have never been able to pull off what they pulled off during the Obama years, ISIS. They were just a small offshoot of Al-Qaeda at one point. And somehow they could never go away because, of course, our government was lying to us. There was black market interests. And again, it's not just like this rogue, for-profit, black market industry. It's a cottage industry that is that calls themselves patriotic. They call themselves patriotic because it's not just that they can't get the votes in Congress to finance a group like ISIS that's beheading journalists so that they could protect the oil interests of Saddam Hussein in Iraq, oil that would otherwise fall into the hands of someone like an Iran interest. So in one sense, you say, well, that's, that, that's admirable. Why can't we just pass that through Congress then? The lesser of two evils, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, sort of, so to speak. And he said that would be great because everything would be transparent and we'd have the power of the government. But for some reason, they would lose votes and it wouldn't be great politically. That's one. Number two, in the case of, say, someone like Ukraine, yeah, that would be interesting. Okay, we want to put meta uh, biota, we want to put bioweapon laboratories in Ukraine. We want to fortify Ukraine with all kinds of tank... But, uh, busting missiles like the Javelin missile. And we want to do all these things that are going to really irk and upset and make angry Vladimir Putin. So we can't do that because we're trying to, you know, smooth things over in post-Cold War with Russia. So we're going to do everything underhanded. We're going to do everything like a terrorist group would do it, secretly. And so the State Department, which is not good at secrets, the CIA, which is like a bunch of morons, it's the reverse of intelligence agency, out of Langley, bunch of uh, plaid shirt-wearing pocket uh, protector uh, eggheads, academics, that just, do, you know, have never run a business in their life. And the State Department is full of the same losers, all from the same schools, and now we know that how bad these schools are. You look at Harvard and Yale and all these people, you know, protesting and on behalf of Hamas and Palestinians. I mean, it's gone off the rails to the point where even corporations are starting to say, we're not going to hire Harvard graduates anymore. 
you guys are nothing but, you know, a left-wing radical activist group. You're no longer an institution. They've gotten so liberal, it's, it's just not even funny. You know, I was doing a lot of research yesterday on for, for a couple of other reasons we'll get to in a future shows, but Amy Gutman is being investigated, and she was the former president of Penn, and she was the one that was getting millions and millions of dollars from China, and she was basically funneling money, money and laundering it through the Biden, uh, Biden Center at Penn. And together they were working hand in glove and getting rich off of China. And now she's the ambassador in Germany. You know, what a corrupt scheme. You know, the laundering that went in and the anonymous payments. And the person who covered up the anonymous payments was none other than the founder of the West Exec Group that is funneling money from that gets sent to Ukraine through West Exec and back into the pockets as lobbyists and think tankers to the politicians that voted for the money in the first place for Ukraine, which is the whole impetus of the problem that we're having with the speakership. The whole conflict of speaker has to do with the money laundering and the the, uh, congressional votes that are being put forth to sustain a money operation that's being funneled through Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State's own company, West Exec, and offshoot companies of the State Department, like Stone, uh, Albright Stonebridge. And in the Middle East, you got the Carlisle Group, connected with the Bush dynasty. And altogether, you get guys like Emmers, who are going to be perhaps the next Speaker of the House. And there's no advancement. There's no benefit. Because the only people that didn't have a chance to be a Speaker were people like Jim Jordan. Scalise had a chance because he used to wear a Ukraine pin on his lapel. And now he has a Ukraine-Israel pin. Double the money. Laundering that comes back to Washington in the form of a donation to your campaign, which you can then take for money that you didn't spend. You can take, just ask Kevin McCarthy or just ask a lot of those California politicians that end up rich. Just ask Ocasio-Cortez how, and just ask Ilhan Omar how she, uh, you know, all of her lovers end up lobbyists and advisors and PR agents, they get paid a million dollars a year for services that they would normally make $10,000 for. So it's a crazy business, the Washington, D.C. money laundering business. It is. It's a crazy business. But it's a business nonetheless. So leave it to Russian today. Danielle, uh, to report this one, Danielle Ladley is a former Australia Rules football player and coach. You know, a dude, right? A guy, Daniel. And uh, transitioned in 2020. Now he's Danielle instead of Daniel. And has made Maxim Australia's Hot 100 list of women. Sanity prevailed at number one with Barbie star Margot Robbie 
taking top spot. <laughs> I said it's always the countries that are lead le- led by globalists that promote this nonsense. Australia comes to mind. That's Australia. UK, Canada, and the United States are perfect examples of this BS. Kudos to Russian Today for covering stories that BlackRock-controlled media, state-sponsored media in the U.S., Canada, and, and elsewhere, won't cover. So, you know, it's just one of those sad, sad stories. Um, so somebody wrote a response to that, says, I still remember the huge controversy over IFL st- football star daring to suggest that there could be a gay football or amongst and could come up out as gay. Well, <laughs> those were the days. Yeah, well, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. All right, so we have um, a story. Stories are coming out left and right about the Biden crime family. We're going to go ahead and take a listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene here. Hi, everyone. I just wanted to give you the news. If you haven't seen it already, we now have direct evidence that Joe Biden took payments, direct payments from his brother, Jim Biden, in a complete money laundering scheme. And this links him to foreign investments. Democrats have been giving us hell. The media has not believed our stories. On oversight, we have been investigating Joe Biden directly and his corruption through his family businesses because Joe Biden is the brand. Well, now we have a check for $200,000 that came through a company that his brother had invested in and they were cycling money through from foreign investments. This is the most explosive news. This news to be needs to be spread everywhere. Make sure you tell everyone you know, share this video, share this post. Joe Biden has been busted and we just got the goods. We have the receipts and we have an actual check that Joe Biden received directly made out to him from his brother, Jim Biden, for $200,000. Again, this check was written to him directly out of a company where money had been brought in the very same day. $200,000 was paid in from a foreign country and $200,000 was written on a check to Joe Biden. This is corruption at the highest level. Make sure everyone knows and we have more information coming soon. All right, so the money comes in, wired in, and uh, once the wire it's wired, the money's there and available. You could write a check against it, and you know he writes him a check and probably says, you know, maybe wait a day before you cash it. Um, but Joe Biden also um, weeks after the shakedown text from Hunter uh, bought a house for two point seven five million dollars. So it's kind of crazy. You know, when talk when you talk about the Middle East and terrorism and you talk about the threats to America, threats, death is, we are on all this, that, and the other. Um, remember Trump, when he was at the State of the Union, giving a speech, he said this. Our message to the terrorists is clear. You will never escape American justice. If you attack our citizens, you forfeit your life. Our message to the 
Yeah, that's tough talk. We have some uh, cl- audio clips from his speeches as well. Uh, this just in, uh, Xi Jinping removes per decree Li Shengfu as China's Minister of Defense, Communist State Media. That's just a news report that is worth mentioning, considering that we are pushing Iran and Russia and China and North Korea together as a force, a fighting force, and... Uh, this is happening all under the Biden foreign, foreign policy, which is absolutely horrendous, if you want to call it a policy. While America wastes trillions on wars, China puts its money into buying up critical resources and infrastructure around the world. Beijing's Belt and Road program already controls four major ports across Europe and owns critical mineral and oil resources in dozens of countries in Africa and Latin America. Washington, meanwhile, blows stuff up. You know, you could thank the Paris Agreement for this strong relationship that is now creating a lot of um, revenue for an increasing China manufacturing and putting their people to work and not making it difficult for them and giving them excess money to buy up new lands. But Sarah Huckabee Sanders is putting a stop to that. And we're going to take a listen to some of her audio in just a moment. But listen to this guy. Peter, he's a doctor. Dr. Peter St. Ange. Let's take a listen. He makes a lot of sense. With America distracted by two wars, perhaps with more to come... China is making a play to replace the U.S. as world hegemon. Last week, China hosted a summit attended by 130 countries, which is most of the countries in the world, that gave a place of honor to Vladimir Putin in a clear middle finger to the U.S. The summit was to celebrate the 10th anniversary of China's so-called Belt and Road Initiative, which is billed as a modern silk road that has so far plowed a trillion dollars of Chinese infrastructure investment into some 70 countries. These Chinese trillions serve two purposes. First, to make China's exports cheaper, since they can run through modern ports and trains that run on time, instead of the crumbling ports and railroads in third world countries like Kenya or Ohio. But there's a second purpose, to buy countries out of the U.S. orbit. As Larry Summers put it, When the U.S. comes visiting these countries, it brings a lecture, a list of demands about climate unions or LGBT policy. But when China comes, it brings a gigantic checkbook for goodies. Ports and trains, power plants, telecoms networks, roads, even apartment complexes. Essentially, China brings a menu. You can have a port and a phone system or a railroad, hydro dam, and three apartment complexes. Mix and match. Do you want an appetizer with it? So it is easy to see why countries might go with China. Of course, this also gives China control over these countries. Not only the power of the checkbook, but a lot of the new infrastructure is literally handed over to Chinese companies to run. For example, Greece sold a two-thirds stake in its largest port to a Chinese company, who also owns 40 to 90% of major ports in Italy, Spain, and Belgium. The last is important because it competes with Rotterdam, which is Europe's largest port. So what is next? Brought to you by Unchained. What's next is while our ruling clowns in Washington and Brussels claim that losing wars makes us stronger, China knows it is running us down. It's depleting our weapons and munitions. It is scraping our bankrupt 
Treasury, and it is driving inflation as federal spending ramps up to however many trillions it will take to stuff Americans into every conflict on Earth. Just last week, Republican senators were downright giddy how our twin wars will revitalize defense manufacturing. As in, Americans will not be making useful things like cars, but at least we can put our trillions to work blowing stuff up. Final point, China's push for global dominance is coming even as it hardens itself against the U.S. So China has been selling U.S. treasuries for a decade and is now accelerating the sales, whilst taking steps to insulate its real economy against the U.S. That includes cracking down on U.S. firms in China, even house-arresting U.S. executives. This pattern suggests that China is starting to think conflict with the U.S. is not only likely, but might actually be a good thing for them. So, while Joe Biden and Janet Yellen are out pushing their talking points that Americans can afford all the wars, our enemies know that we cannot. Got a brand new podcast. Yeah, so I thought that was really uh, um, good analysis there. Um, And where we're heading, we keep pushing these strings attached for money laundering back to our politicians, which are the cheapest sellouts on the planet. Um, it's a, you know, it's a, in one sense, a bargain, but on the other, you know, they say when a business gains profit or say you get a lot of money back in the business, you don't go out and buy a BMW and a new house and some, you know, fancy, fancy lights. Uh, what you do is you put the money back into the infrastructure of the business and you'll live to fight another day. And so China is basically being all business. They're all business. And America is not being very serious. Um, When we give money, we have strings attached that don't make any sense whatsoever. They make about as much sense as a Greta Thunberg. And we have a clip from Greta Thunberg that's going to blow your mind. That's just back crazy, right? Um, but first we're going to listen to Klaus Schwab. He's with Joe Biden. He basically says that the middle class is the problem because the middle class is the holdout. And Joe, you pride yourself on being part of the middle class. But of course, we know that Joe Biden does every policy decision he makes is designed to depower, deleverage, take away your guns tax you to death, create inflation, which is a a, 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 a redistribution of wealth in, in and of itself. Um, so Joe Biden, Scranton Joe, Blue Collar Joe, Malarkey Joe, has done nothing but make life miserable and painful for the middle class, whether it's inflation, whether it's taking away your ability to protect yourself, whether it's defunding the police, or whether it's indoctrinating your children, with this ridiculous LBGTQ, trans, Black Lives Matter, Marxist agenda, whether it's not being energy, the opposite of energy independence, uh, which is causing inflation, uh, whether it's injecting cash into the world through proxy wars, uh, devaluing the currency, whether it's putting bricks together and making it impossible for America to manufacture again and hire blue-collar jobs, whether it's opening the border and allowing all of our jobs to be competed against our lower jobs, 
with uh, illegal migrants. It's an impossible war we can't win as a middle class. And Joe Biden is doing nothing but attacking the middle class because he sees himself as the smartest man in the room and one of the biggest elites. And that's why he hooks up with all these Ivy League institutions, these Amy Gluckmans, uh, Glutman, uh, of the world, and they trade horses. They trade dog and pony shows. One gets to be an ambassador. One, the other launders the money from China. It's all a closed network. I know, Mr. Vice President, you are sometimes called the leader or the vice president who represents the middle of society. And just to make uh, reference to, to the book which uh, you all have and also to our discussion which uh, we had um, at dinner two, two days ago, um, the fourth industrial revolution has one big challenge. It is the holding out of the middle class, which is a pillar of our democracies. I wouldn't be surprised that the book he was referring to is probably a book that Joe Biden put out where the World Economic Forum bought, you know, 100,000 copies of it and all that profit went directly to Joe Biden for Joe Biden to show up there. That's how things are paid. I remember um, Michelle Obama wrote a book, uh, Believe or something like that, and got like a $60 million advance. The publishing company was never going to make that money back. It was a, it was a uh, money laundering scheme. And the publisher made money off of that still, even though they didn't sell that many books. So how do you, you know, how do you shake that? So this is something, uh, this is a little bit of a different subject, but related to the World Economic Forum, nevertheless. This is still at the World Economic Forum, another event. The moderator of a world, uh, but this is something I wanted to talk about for the last few days. The moderator of a World Economic Forum panel titled Shaping a Shared Future, Making the Metaverse, the wealthy will be able to travel, but the poor will use virtual reality headsets to travel to the same place from their own couch. In many ways, it's actually going to create even more distance between those two people. And I got to thinking about that, you know, like social media, everybody puts their best photo forward, best foot forward. Everybody in it's, it's led to depression because you look at these photos. Some people do. I don't. But some people look at these photos from what I'm reading and hearing, and they're basically, they could be an AI touched up photo that makes you look even better than you do. It's like you look back at a high school reunion and you say, how do you look so young and good? And, 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 and I'm struggling and I'm overweight and, and I got a husband with a beer problem, you know, a drinking problem or whatever. And, um, and, and you're sort of like, it, it, I think it has some sort of an impact on people. And not only that, but while you're typing virtually communicating with a person that you should be connected with in a, in a more meaningful way, it, it doesn't work out that way. You're typing. It's a, it's, a, it's a text. You could be texting any stranger in the world, and it's no different. 
And so we've relegated ourselves. And that's why I think we need as people to be more responsible and more disciplined with ourselves in limiting ourselves to this social media platform that I think is a cancer on society. I believe it is. But listen to what this, this is an interesting thing. It's a little bit of an aside, but it is part of a globalist agenda. And uh, Facebook, Meta, and Metaverse, Yeah, he gave an interview with Lex Freeman, and it was a Metaverse interview where they're sitting there with their goggles, and they're looking at each other as if they're in the same room together. And so you could basically literally like walk down the street in a Metaverse and be like you're in Europe. Now, this is great for the elderly or people who are handicapped, they are relegated to a wheelchair or what have you. And for them, this opens up a whole new set of possibilities. They practically get their life back in the sense that they could walk through the streets of Europe while they're sitting in a wheelchair back home in, you know, Tennessee, right? So, I mean, in some ways, you can make the argument that it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But in a lot of other ways, I think it's going to literally separate the haves from the have-nots. Like Alvin Toffler once said in his book, New Wave, uh, the gap between the privileged and the underprivileged is only going to grow from here. But let's take a listen to this. There's going to be people um, of means who are going to travel, and then there's going to be people maybe of lesser means who might actually be able to use an an Oculus or uh, a Magic Leap or some other kind of device uh, to travel to the same place but from their own their own couch. But in many ways, it's actually going to create even more distance between those, the, 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 those two people that, that psychologically, and I think that we've experienced this through social media, in many ways, it's brought people closer in certain ways, but actually created this remarkable divide because there's, it's even more visible, actually, the divide in certain ways. So, you know, Apple came out with their new product. It's like, a, I don't know, I think it might have been Six $6,000? I'm not sure how much it was. Um, it's pretty expensive, though. Could have been 1500 but um, it's called Vision, Apple Vision. You know, it's, it's a new product. Anyway, I listened to this. This guy, I, listened, I heard this last week, and we never did manage to find time to run this clip. Again, this is um, Australia's Senator Matt Caravan exposes the monumental food fraud that it is net zero in the Australian Parliament. Half the world's food comes from nitrogen fertilizer made from natural gas. How are we going to grow food for half the world's population if we have net zero and we don't have gas? It's very easy to say, uh, just have net zero emissions, but uh, it's not that easy. You know, even these windmills, you know, require diesel fuel. Crank start. Let's take a listen. The one thing I'd love people who advocate for net zero to say in this debate, I'd like someone, someone, just to map out some basic things about how we're going to do things in a net zero world. Take, for example, the, uh, the, the, the manufacturing of something called urea. Urea is a fertiliser that comes from natural gas. It is responsible for feeding half the world's population, half the world's food comes from 
the fertilisers made from urea. Now, it is made from natural gas. How are we going to make, you, make urea? How are we going to grow food for half the world's population if we have net zero and we don't have gas? I mean, it's very easy to say net zero. It's very easy to say, look, let's just have net zero emissions. It, it's, it's easy, isn't it? Well, it's not, because almost everything we grow, we make, we do in our society relies on the use of fossil fuels. And without them, without them, people will starve. Without fossil fuels, we won't be able to go anywhere. Without fossil fuels, uh, people will not have, a lot of people will not have jobs. And so just, answer, just answering those basic questions would be really, really helpful. This is the most crazy policy that any governments have ever adopted. We want to fundamentally change how we make, grow and travel within a generation. 2050, which is what they want to do net zero emissions by, is just 27 years away. And what's happened since the world is, well, like, we're trying to restrict our emissions and push up our costs, but it only really matters, of course, what we do here if other countries do the same, if the rest of the world acts as well. But what's happened since, since the world signed up to net zero emissions at Glasgow in late 2021? What's happened there since then? Global carbon emissions have gone up. They've gone up, not down. Now ours haven't. We're, we're trying to do the right, well, so-called right thing. But China, India, uh, Russia, as I've already mentioned, they're just laughing all the way to the bank. And that's why oh, fundamentally net zero emissions is a fraud and a scam, it is a total fraudulent scam which allows countries like China and, in and India and Russia, who don't play by the rules in the world game, it allows them to get off scot-free and then take the jobs from Western countries. This is a massive transfer of wealth and prosperity from our nations, from our country, from our people, uh, to those countries who never and will not play by the rules. We are absolute mugs to fall for this scam, but we're doing it time and time again. Now, eventually, it'll end in tears because they won't be able to reach net zero emissions. And what is going to happen then? People will be very, very angry. Well, that last part about the China and everything, I've been saying that. For how long? I mean, like on the Scott Adams show. I mean, we've been saying that for forever. I post it all the time on social media. There's this great meme where the smokestacks in China have and India have only grown. And prosperity has gone their way. Manufacturing is up. While G7 nations uh, have been relegated to zero emissions and can't manufacture. So it's just being displaced, and it's all about slave cheap labor. The one thing that guy didn't mention is the driving force of all this is the BlackRock-owned corporations that profit from the slave labor mandate. It's a regulatory mandate that says you cannot compete and manufacture in the West to save on shipping costs, and we're going to try to drive shipping and streamline it down lower by Silk and Road, Silk Road, uh, um, you know, initiatives, um, and uh, you know, it's just one of those things. And so, uh, Belt and Road initiatives was what we're looking for, but uh, and we're going to instead of paying people twenty dollars an hour, we're going to pay people twenty dollars a day. And where it's not manufacturing for China. It's running a dishwasher, working an agricultural field like a grape, uh, like a vineyard, or, or uh, a meat packing plant, or something like that, um, or building house structures and buildings. Everybody on the on the building site doesn't speak English. 
they're all Spanish or they're all from somewhere else. Just about every time I get in the Lyft or an Uber, uh, the guy's from Africa. You know, it's it, it's a systematic. That's not by chance, by the way. That's systematically they're positioning people. You know, there's a video audio up trending on the Internet where this guy's at the Roosevelt Hotel in New York City where it's just been completely taken over by a bunch of people from Senegal and Somalia. It's absolutely absurd what's going on in this country under the Biden regime. Hey, one of the what we just heard about Metaverse, one of the predictive programming movies about the living about you living a good life and traveling the world from your dirty couch is I uh Ready Player One. Hmm. All right, so we should check that out. Uh, Police State is also out. Um, So Canada's gotten in on the action, and they're pushing universal basic income for the like the really the first time this is so it used to be a conspiracy theory now it's not it is my privilege honor and responsibility to be the sponsor of bill s233 which we've just uh, commenced study of in the senate standing committee on finance the com- the bill would introduce uh, a framework to develop a guaranteed livable basic income right now is the fact that we are struggling throughout this country with homelessness food insecurity poverty health mental health issues and this is one way that we could start to look at these issues so universal basic income that means you are going to be like chinese this was uh, south park warned us many many years ago let's take a listen to this this is the first year that a trans woman is in the competition. How do you feel about that? Amazing. I feel honored to be a part of history. I have a lot of incredible trans friends who are athletes, and so we're all inspired this woman's competing. Uh-huh. And uh, have you actually ever met Heather Swanson? Uh, no, I've never competed against her before, no. She's not exactly your average trans athlete. Well, what is an average trans athlete? Honestly, I find that kind of bigoted, David. Okay. Heather Swanson is actually joining us now. Miss Swanson, how does it feel to be competing today? Like it. And here he is with a cowboy hat, sunglasses, a full beard, hairy chest, muscle guy. Tell you how free I feel now that I've started identifying as a woman. Now that I can compete as female, I'm ready to smash the other girls. And is it correct you just started identifying as female two weeks ago? No. <laughs> I think it's so funny. I can't even believe we're in, living in this world. This so that I can't believe that people are getting away with this. It's absolutely absurd. I, it, it boggles my mind. What what world? What planet are we living on? And how do these people get away with it? That's the power of the mainstream media, the BlackRock owned media. And I have liberal friends that are just dumb enough to buy all this crap. So here's a picture of Columbus, Columbo. Remember Columbo? The series Columbo? Oh, ma'am, just one more thing, right? So person posts this meme and he says, is this a fair question? And it says, I'm sorry, sir. You know, picture Columbo leaving the house, right? It's just a meme here, but I'm, I'm going to have a little, a little. I'm sorry, sir. But just one more thing. If MAGA are the fascists, why are you guys the ones controlling the media, censoring, going after guns, 
uh, or why are you guys controlling the media, censoring, going after guns, and using DOJ and FBI to go after your opposition? I mean, they have the they have the control and power of every little thing, right? Well, we're going to get into Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I've been dying to play these, and I want to make sure we get them in before the show ends. Uh, This is three clips. I have three beautiful Sarah Huckabee Sanders clips. They're amazing. Let's take a listen to the first one. COVID lockdowns killed businesses, tore apart communities, and stunted our kids' education. And now they're talking about doing it again. So let me be clear. As long as I'm governor, Arkansas will never lock down. We will not close our schools, our churches, or our businesses. We will never make you or your children wear a mask. And we will never, ever have a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Government should never loom larger than individual liberty in our lives. That's the principle our nation was founded on. And if the federal government ever comes to tell us to shut down again, my administration will fight to keep Arkansas free. Well... I think she is putting herself into a position where she becomes a very strong candidate to be the next vice president under Trump. Wouldn't that be something? I don't think anybody could out debate her. Um, somehow, somewhere along the way, the left decided the woman uh, that women was a dirty word. They're trying to erase women and girls in the name of political correctness. We won't let that happen in Arkansas. Okay, let's take a listen. It's great to stand up here with some of the most influential and amazing women from across our state. We are all here to say, frankly, that we've had enough. Enough trying to erase women and girls. Enough denying our biological differences from men. And enough of the craziness that is taking over our country. I've had the honor of being both the first woman and the first mother to serve as the governor of Arkansas. Before that, I was the first mother and the only the third woman to serve as the White House press secretary. Because of that, I came into this role with a few pretty unique experiences. Among them is giving birth to three amazing kids. That experience underscored to me that a woman's perspective is important and fundamentally different from a man's. Nowadays, though, only conservatives seem to be making that point. On the left, women have taken a back seat to political correctness. It's why Senator Irving and Representative Barker had to pass the Fairness in Women's Sports Act to defend our girls across the state. They're using nonsense words to erase women and girls, and more importantly, to erase our voices and our experiences. Today, we're taking a stand against woke nonsense. What frankly started as a fad among a few grad students has seeped down into corporations, the healthcare industry, and increasingly state government. It's demeaning to women, and it needs to stop. In a moment, I'll sign an executive order banning a number of all sorts of ridiculous words from state government documents. Those include words like pregnant people, laboring person, birth giver, and several other nonsense terms that have cropped up in recent years. Some on the left will accuse us of being nitpicky, that Arkansas should just lay down and accept the cultural revolution without complaint. I say it's the exact opposite. 
It's the left that decided that woman is a dirty word. It's the left that decided we needed to toss out basic biology and basic grammar along with it. I think they're just mad that conservatives are starting to fight back. And they better get ready because we're just getting started. Boom. Uh, I love that. I got goosebumps on that one. Um, and this, this one also, this is fighting back against Chinese-owned companies buying up Arkansas farmland. Take a listen. I was proud to sign Act 636, sponsored by Senator Johnson and Representative Vaught, banning foreign parties from nine enemy countries from owning agricultural land in Arkansas. And today, we are acting on that law. I'm announcing that Syngenta, a Chinese state-owned agrochemical company, must give up its land holdings in Arkansas. Syngenta owns 160 acres in northeast Arkansas, which it uses primarily for seed research. The company that owns Syngenta, Kim China, is also on the Department of Defense's list of Chinese military companies posing a clear threat to our state. Seeds are technology. Chinese state-owned corporations filter that technology back to their homeland, stealing American research and telling our enemies how to target American farms. That is a clear threat to our national security and to our great farmers, especially since the Chinese government enacted a law in 2017 requiring Chinese citizens abroad to collaborate with their country's security officials on intelligence work with no questions asked. This isn't about where you're from. We welcome Chinese Americans, Russian Americans, and anyone else who's given up foreign oppression for American freedom. This is about where your loyalties lie. We simply cannot trust those who pledge allegiance to a hostile foreign power. That's why I signed Act 525, sponsored by Representative McKenzie and Senator Boyd, to ban Chinese and Russian-made drones. And it's why I signed Act 758, sponsored by Representative McElindon and Senator Stubblefield, banning public contracts with the CCP. We will make sure that every company operating in Arkansas is a friend to Arkansas and good to hardworking Arkansans. Secretary Ward has already notified Syngenta about this decision. If they refuse to sell, our Attorney General can move forward with legal proceedings and force them to get out of our state. Arkansas will always protect our farmers and our national security interest. I want to thank our legislature for passing this common sense measure, and I want to thank the Department of Agriculture for working so hard on this issue. That is absolutely bold and amazing. Okay, you got to hear this nonsense from the left, Greta Thunberg. War is always bad, specifically for the planet. If we want to continue uh, fighting battles like environmentally conscious humans, we must make the change to sustainable tanks and weaponry. There are so many new concepts for uh, battery-powered fighter jets that can carry many more... Wait, battery-powered fighter jets? Or, um, missiles. Biodegradable missiles, of course. Some jets that can carry many more um, missiles biodegradable missiles of course something literally everybody can do to stop this biodegradable missiles and hand grenades nonsense is for example block the roads to gardens and farms so the plants don't get overrun by these heavy heavy tanks 
Hand grenades, very important. If you use hand grenades, please use vegan grenades. No animal should have to give their life for all this mayhem and chaos. They have a special sticker on them. You really can't miss them in the uh, grenade market or wherever you buy them. Yeah, I cover all of this and more in my newest book, Vegan Wars. I <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> We're living in a, in, a, in a really strange time. Um, it's just flat out strange. All right, we got something from Tucker Carlson here. Um, also, uh, someone made a statement. Every everything El Salvador President Bukel says is true. The demise of the U.S. has come from within, and uh, there's an audio clip for that that I want to play. But I want to I want to get this in. Now, actually, we're not going to. Ah, uh, well, you know what? We'll play this tomorrow. It's going to be a clip from Tucker Carlson. And then we have some clips from Donald Trump's speech in New Hampshire. Um, and then we got this statement from the El Salvador president uh, basically saying what's happening in America is happening from within. It's like a coup. And also, um, no such thing. There's a picture of this uh, protest and there's flags out. And it's 11-year-old trans. No such a thing as an 11-year-old trans. The mother should be jailed for child abuse and grooming. The parade organizers should be charged with child endangerment as well. And that's true. You know, it's absolutely absurd. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. Um, I did my best to cover as much as we could. And... Um, uh, we still have a little left over, but we'll we'll just add that to the show tomorrow. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Scott Adams Show today. And be sure to check out org. Find out how you can help the Scott Adams Show remain commercial-free. It's kind of nice, right, to not have to break for commercials while you're listening and walking and, and, uh, uh, and driving uh, and listening to this show. It's nice to not have a break. It gets things done real quick. Um, but, you know, it, we need your support. So if you go to Magapack and make a donation, uh, it could be tax-free there. And it helps directly the Scott Adams Show advance the America First policies to make America great again. Also use Red State over at MyPillow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, buddy. There. 